y'all are going to have me preaching. I'm just telling y'all going to have me preaching. The point that I am trying to make in this extension of worship is sometimes you've got to be willing to praise God, not just when it's convenient, but also when it's inconvenient. I'm going to just go ahead and give you the title. This, I rearranged this in the first service, and I feel the Lord doing this again. And I was going to give the title to you in a little bit, but let me just go ahead and give you the title. Are you ready for today's title? Here's the title. I want this to resonate in your spirit. Push through the inconvenience. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, push through the inconvenience. Look at somebody else and say, push through the inconvenience online watching at home push through the inconvenience we're going to be in Luke chapter 5 verses 17 through 26 and everybody that's excited oh yeah I'm going to let you be seated I'm going to let you be seated I'm, I'm... let me set this up for you God has placed this word in my spirit this week and I'm going to be honest with you it seems to have evolved all the way through the first service. And I feel like God is even doing something a little different in this service. And so I, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna pour out to you what God has poured into me. Is that all right? Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Whoever that was, I'm preaching to you. Here we are in this series, You're It. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, You're It where we've been talking about how God chooses you and uses you to expand the kingdom. But here's the thought that I need to give you today. This is the thought that you've got to grab hold of. When God chooses you and uses you, it most often comes in times that are most inconvenient. Did you hear me? When God chooses you and uses you, it most often comes at the most inconvenient times. Luke chapter 5. This is the narrative. Let me set this up before we get to the real part of, or, or the part of the text that I want to dissect today. Luke chapter 5 starts off with Jesus calling the disciples. And he goes to the disciples and they're fishing. He said, come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Right after that, he he goes to this village, he begins to start his ministry and he goes to these different villages and people are being saved and people are being healed and Jesus is preaching a message that no one has ever heard before and the Bible says crowds of people are gathering around him and he heals this dude with leprosy. As a result of that, Jesus becomes famous all over the region and people want to go where Jesus is at because they're hoping that they can have their sins forgiven or, or, or their sicknesses healed or hear a message that they've never heard before. And the Bible says that people just come around him with just huge crowds. As a result, verse 17 happens. Can I read to you verse 17? Somebody say yes. Here's what happens. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there and they had come from every village of Galilee. Remember I said people were gathering from all over. Every village of Galilee and from Judea and from Jerusalem and, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Woo, they're having a revival service. 
verse 18, it says, Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on top of the roof and they lowered him in on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right at the feet of Jesus. Is it not amazing that the only space available in this house was right at the feet of Jesus? Is Luke telling us something without telling us something? Is Luke telling us that we've got to take our needs to the foot, to the, to, to the feet of Jesus, to the foot of the cross? Is, is that what Luke is telling us? Then it goes on to say, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to think to themselves, who is this fellow? Who does he think he is? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 22, Jesus knew what they were thinking. (laughs) He said, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? In other words, you've got some stinking thinking. Somebody say stinking thinking. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take up your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them. He took what he had been lying on and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Can you imagine the scene? Tim, can you, I want, listen, let me transport you from 2021 back to this year of our Lord, 2000 years ago. Just close your eyes. Let me take you to a place. Can you imagine the scene? Here you have these crowds of people who have packed themselves into this house. There's no room except at the feet of Jesus. They've heard about him. They've come from Judea. They've come from Jerusalem. They've come from every village in Galilee. They've come. They, they want to hear this word. And the crowd is so big that it spills out into the street. And there's nowhere left to stand or to go to hear Jesus. And then four dudes carrying a paralyzed man who happens to be their friend we know that when we look at this from the outside in that it's an example of love we we can see that but we can also see that it has to be somewhat inconvenient we don't know how far that they carried him most theologians have this mind set that it had to have been some distance because they are late to the event meaning they had to travel some distance we don't know how far but what we do know is that can you imagine if they walk for five miles or they walk for 25 miles to get to this place and when they get there there's no room there's no way to get their paralyzed friend in front of Jesus Now, what seemed to be somewhat convenient is definitely inconvenient. And verse 18 and 19 is where we get our title from. 
Verse 18 says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and they tried to get him into the house to lay him before Jesus. And here it is. And when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, don't read any further. Because of the crowd, comma, there's a pause. When they couldn't figure it out because of the crowd, they're at a crossroad. They're at a place where they don't know what to do. They, they, they've shown love, but yet they can't figure out how to get past this place. There's a, there's a pause. There's a problem. Luke is letting us know that at this moment they have a choice to make. In fact, I, I want to I illustrate this for you. Is that all right? I need the first five dudes. I, I need you to come on up here. I want to illustrate this. Come on. Come on. You know who you are. How many of you know being voluntold is not always convenient? Come on, come on, come on. We got the paralyzed dude already. He's, he's on the mat. He's lying down. I'm glad y'all picked the smallest dude for, to be the paralyzed dude. So these four dudes, they come carrying their friend. And as we can see, we're going to need you. So don't go too far. We're going to need you. As you can see, it's not very convenient. I want y'all to walk this way. Just walk this way. Come on, come, come walk this way. Come on, walk this way. Walk this way. I'm not talking about like run DMC, walk this way. I want y'all to run this way. Walk this way. I'm showing my age, I know. Walk this way. Okay, now I want y'all to turn around and walk the other way. Oh yeah, see, this is not very convenient. It says when they had journeyed far, they get to the place, you can stop right there, where Jesus is at. They want to take their friend in before Jesus, but the Bible says when they got there, they could not because of the crowd, comma. In other words, there's a pause in the narrative. There's not only a pause in the narrative. Daniel, there's a pause probably in their thinking because at this moment, probably along the way they were doing the same thing you were doing man this dude's heavy <laughs> man this is a long way i'm sure hoping that jesus can do it when they get there jesus is nowhere to be seen because everybody's packed in and they can't get before jesus and so now there's not only a pause in the narrative there's a pause in their thinking we just we're gonna have to take you back dude <laughs> we tried everything we could try but we, 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 listen we got to get home i got to stop by the grocery store on the way I got things I got to do. I got to mow the grass. I got, I got to go. one of them's got to go to work because some people work for a living and, 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 and it's just a lot of stuff happening. So man, I, I just, I can't, we tried it, man. We tried it. And what seemed to have some convenience is now extremely inconvenient. I know we're talking about a different culture, but how many of you know in our culture, we, we just have this love affair with convenience. You know what I'm talking about? Everything has to be convenient. Come on, can I get an amen? I mean, we shop at convenience stores so that we can get our gas at the same time. Convenience. We grub hub our meals because we don't want to have to go out and pick them up. Convenience. We've got a message that we need to give to two or three people and rather than giving it to two or three or maybe 10 people, we post it on our Facebook for all the world to see because we don't have the time to call those 10 people. That's just not convenient. We live in a house in the most convenient location for our jobs. 
We go to a church that has a convenient location that gives to us a convenient message and even then we only go when it's... Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. We put microwaves in our houses so that our meals can be ready quickly. We forgive when it's convenient. We love when it's convenient. We shop online because it's convenient. We go to big box stores that have everything so that we don't have to stop at two or three different places. We pay our bills online because of convenience. Listen to me. I'm not saying that there's one thing wrong with convenience. What I am saying is that we've fallen so much in love with convenience that we have allowed it to permeate its way into our faith. So we live a convenient faith. But as a Christ follower, you have to be willing to experience inconvenience. As a Christ follower, you have to be willing to embrace inconvenience. Because to love like Christ is inconvenient. Judah thinks paying your bills is inconvenient. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Serving is inconvenient. Giving in an offering is inconvenient. Because you've got bills to pay and you've got places that you want to go and you've got projects and you've got this and... Listen, sometimes even being a parent is inconvenient. Hello? So you have this inconvenient thing happening. And I wrote something down. I think it's in your notes. Loving like Christ will inconvenience you. Then you have this picture of love, these four dudes who've walked from way over in a village from, from Galilee and they've walked all the way. They're tired, they're worn out, and they get to a place where they thought they were going to be able to bring their friend in front of Jesus, but when they get there, they could not because of the crowd. Come on. But yet you see this picture of love. It's an example of love. This is the way the church is supposed to function. This is the way the church is supposed to look. This is what's supposed to happen with the church. You see this example of love, but then you also see this example of Christ's love where he embraces these, these people, where he embraces these four dudes and, and, and this paralyzed dude. You see this love. Why? Why is Luke painting such an image of love for us? Can I tell you why? Because God is love. Love is not just what God does. Love is who God is. Hello? Sometimes it's not, it's not convenient, and sometimes it's very inconvenient. Sometimes it's a lot of weight. Sometimes you didn't realize you were going to have to come to church and carry all this weight. You didn't realize you were going to have to carry the load. You, you didn't realize it because when you got there, the, the crowd, the, the, the comma, the problem, the difficulty, you didn't realize this when you got to work. You thought you were going to have a day where you could celebrate what God is doing in your life. And then, so you have all of this happening. You've got this inconvenience. You've got this can I tell you something? God is love. Jesus even says this. Jesus says this, Ronnie. Ronnie. Jesus preaches. He says to 
there are two commands that I need you to follow. One is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, and the second is just like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, God calls us to love. He, he wants us to be loved by him. He wants us to love him, and he wants us to love people. The problem is love is inconvenient. How do I know? Because the Bible says love is patient. <laughs> do you hear? The Bible says love is Oh, whew, we got to see, we got somebody. You're it. The Bible says love is patient. Can I tell you something? Patience. How many of you know patience is inconvenient? Don't start praying that God would give you patience because he's going to give you the test in order to. You see, convenience is about being in a hurry. It's about getting somewhere fast. It's about getting what you want as quick as you can. That is the opposite of patience. Therefore, love is inconvenient. You've got to push through the inconvenience. You've got to push through the inconvenience. Listen, when you're always looking for convenience, you're always going to be in a hurry. and You're not going to have time. And when they got there, couldn't get him to where Jesus was because of the crowd. Come. I almost named this message, Remove the Comma. Because I think for so many of us, we get to the comma and we turn around. We get to the comma and we're like, I I've tried it all. I've done it all, dude. I love you. I can't do this anymore. Man, I'm worn out. I'm tired. I got to go home. I got some stuff I got to get done. I don't like your politics anyway. I'm just going to be honest with you. And we find every other reason and instead of pushing through. I wrote this down as well. I think this may be in your notes. When convenience becomes more important than being used by God, you will miss your destiny. When convenience becomes more important than being used by God, you will miss your destiny. This dude had a destiny to be healed by Jesus, but it could not have happened were it not for the four dudes who carried him there, who were willing to be inconvenienced. So what would they do when they get to verse 19 and the crowd and the comma? Look what happens. It says, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd. Hold on a second, you got to grab this. Oh my goodness. Push through the inconvenience. Think about this. So they said, hey, listen, here's the choice. We can either take him back home and not place him before Jesus, or we can climb up on top of this roof, rip the tiles off of this roof, figure out the way that we can get him down before. Listen, we'll take some ropes and we'll fashion it to each corner and we'll lower him down right to the feet of Jesus. It has now become greatly inconvenient. And in order to prove how inconvenient that is, I, I've got some ropes up in the balcony. I want y'all to take him up in the balcony and I want you to lower him down. <laughs> look, look. 
Let, 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 me, let me just tell you how inconvenient that was. They were all looking at me like, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing it. <laughs> the inconvenience. The, 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 the inconvenience. And, but, you know, these guys, they didn't care. They just went up on top of the roof. Dwayne, they just ripped off the ceiling tiles, and they lowered him down in. Why? Because they were counting on Jesus to heal their friend. This is the image of the way the church is supposed to function. Then Jesus says something. Hang, hang on. Just, just, just hang on. You can come on back up, Judah, but just, just hold on. But then verse 20, watch this. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, not when Jesus saw the paralyzed dude's faith, but when Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, are you grabbing this? Their faith could be seen. When Jesus saw their determination, when Jesus heard they had come from a great distance, when Jesus realized that they had pushed through the inconvenience, went up on top of the roof, lowered him down at his feet. He says, when he saw their faith, your faith should be evident. Your faith should be visible. Your faith should be apparent because your faith brings people to Jesus. When they saw, when he saw their faith. It's what's said next that absolutely rocks everybody in the room. The Pharisees and the four dudes. Because what <laughs> what Jesus says, his friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to think to themselves, well, hold on a second. Who, who, who does he think he is? Hold on. Here in this room, Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees are like, oh, hey, no, listen, the only person who has the authority to forgive sins is, is God. Who does this dude think he is? While at the same time, the four dudes who have walked so far and who have carried him and who have ripped tiles off the ceiling and now lowered him down, they're like, whoa, Jesus. That's cool and all. I love that spiritual emphasis. Whoo, I'm your homie. I'm with you. But it's not, that's not what we're talking about, man. We're talking about his legs, his legs. Did you see his legs? You see his legs that folded up under him. Did you see it? We need you to heal him because we can't carry him home. <laughs> you got to do something, Jesus. Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And Luke is giving us an image of who Jesus is because he's saying to us that Jesus, the most important thing for Jesus was the condition of the man's heart, not the condition of the man's body. Hold on a second. I need you to grab this. And he was not saying, some people have misinterpreted this verse of Scripture, and some people believe that Jesus was saying there was sin in his life, and that's why he was paralyzed. That's not what Jesus was saying. What Jesus was saying is, I could heal this guy of his physical infirmities, and he would be made whole for the rest of his life, or I could heal him of his spiritual infirmities, and he'll be made whole for all of eternity. You're missing what I'm saying. <laughs> what he was saying was, I can fix his legs, but what good is it for him to have good legs if he has a bad heart? Because all he'll do is use his good legs to walk right into hell. Woo! So he said, friend, your 
forgiven because of their faith. Their faith. And then verse 21, the Pharisees and the leaders of the law were thinking to themselves, who does this fellow think that he is, man? He's speaking blasphemy. He's speaking blasphemy. And so in verse 22, he says this. Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he asked them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Why do you have this thinking? You see here, you have these people who've all gathered in this house and they're wanting a word from Jesus because of the brokenness in their hearts and they're hoping Jesus will do something for them. But you have the Pharisees saying, you can't do that. You've got the Pharisees calling this thing out and he says, why are you doing? There's such division in this house. began to think about that and I thought wow but there's such division in our country such division in our country in our culture hold on a second and then I'm talking to God about that and this is what God placed in my spirit one of the reasons why there's such division in our culture today it's because the church hasn't been willing to push through the inconvenience and to love like Christ. The church hasn't been willing to push through inconvenience and to love like Christ. Instead, we want to stand on a soapbox and talk about everything else, but yet we're not talking about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So he said, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking this way? You know, so often we're a lot like the Pharisees. Roxanne, we're a lot like the Pharisees. You know why? Because so many times we allow our thinking to keep us from doing what God wants us to do. We allow our thinking to keep us from kingdom doings. And I wrote this down. What we're doing is we're allowing our thoughts to inconvenience our walk. Hold on a second. There's a little irony here. We're allowing our thoughts to inconvenience our walk. We want convenience in our lives, but yet we'll allow inconvenient thoughts to take us off course. What? This is getting deep. Think about this. We want convenience, Ronnie, in every area of our lives, but we'll allow thoughts to come in. We'll start building a narrative around those thoughts that end up robbing us of where God is taking us and therefore we're giving in to the inconvenient thoughts. I, I, don't, I don't know who this is for, I, I don't, but the storylines that you are creating, they're beginning to impact your life and you need to get up, you've gotta push through it. You've gotta push through the story. Just the same way you've gotta push through the inconvenience of your calendar, some of you need to push through the inconvenience of your thoughts. And you've gotta stop allowing those thoughts that you have in your mind to get down into your spirit, into your heart, because now they're beginning to navigate your steps. Can I tell you something that you need to hear? Everything that you want is on the other side of not giving up. Did you hear me? Everything that you want is on the other side of not giving up. These four 
four dudes said, there's no way that we're giving up. We're going to pull off the tiles. We're going to place them down in front of Jesus. Everything that you want is on the other side of not giving up. On the other side, because you've got to trust in Jesus. Why? Because he's faithful. Because he's more than enough. Because he is your everything. Because he is your forgiveness. Because he's the one who's done it before and he'll do it again. Because he's the healer. Because he's the author and perfecter of your faith. He's the one. You've got to trust in him. Why? Because he's faithful. So you have you have this thing playing out. You have the Pharisees, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to be done, so just, just hang with me. You've got the Pharisees who are trying to keep this from happening because it goes against their cultural beliefs. Their cultural beliefs are based upon 613 Pharisaical laws, and the only way that you can be loved or to be used or to be chosen by God is if you're following all of these things. So their culture has caused them to want to stop Jesus from touching this man's life. And the more that I thought about that, I wrote this down. I don't think this is in your notes, so this is free. Do not allow the culture that's been created around you to keep you from recognizing the kingdom work that God is doing in you. You're not grabbing this. Do not allow the culture that has been created around you. And we can start filling in the blanks on all of those cultural things that's been created around you because it will cause you to miss the kingdom of God's work that he's trying to do in you. Why? Because the enemy wants to divide you. The enemy wants you to focus on things, division, what's different about you from someone else. In fact, all you have to do is see what the enemy has been doing for the last several years. We argue about things that we shouldn't even be arguing about whether it's a red state or a blue state or Republican or Democrat or white or or black and if you wear a mask then that means you have no faith and you're living in fear and if you don't wear a mask then you don't love your brother should you get vaccinated should you not get vaccinated all the while we're focusing on what makes us different why don't we focus on what makes us the why don't we focus on who God is? Why don't we lift up our hearts and our voices and press into the Holy of Holies and chase after a Jesus who desires to make us whole? We've got to push through the inconvenience. got the Pharisees who are trying to stop this from happening. You got the four dudes at this point point. they're really not sure exactly what Jesus is going to do. They're like, maybe the Pharisees are going to keep this from happening. And you have Jesus saying, why are you thinking this? I don't know who this is for. But you have wasted so much energy and so much time wrestling with the ability.
opinions of others in hopes that they will support you in hopes that you can change their opinion of you you have wrestled and spent so much time to gather support from someone in hopes that they'll like you you've expended so I'm gonna just go ahead and be honest with you you've got to stop trying to just make everybody like you. your opinion their opinion of you doesn't matter that much listen your your destiny I need you to hear this your destiny is not predicated on whether someone likes you or not your destiny is not predicated on someone's opinion of you your destiny is not predicated on what they think about you your destiny is not predicated on them it's predicated on who he is in your life and he's the one that can say you get up and be healed Verse 23 says, which is easier. He looks at him and says, okay, guys, y'all are wrestling with your thoughts and you're causing these four guys to wonder if, you're, if I'm going to do anything. So let me just go ahead and be honest with you. Which is easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to get up and walk? Now he's about to really make the Pharisees look crazy. They're over here mad because he, he's forgiven sins. And now he's about to really do something. He's like, okay, well, but I want you to know the Son of Man has authority. <laughs> all of those people that you're hoping that they'll like you and you're working hard for, to change their opinion when their opinion has your blessing doesn't come from their opinion he says so I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins so he said to the paralyzed man he said I'm going to tell you something why don't you get on up take your mat and go home Get on up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them. <laughs> and he began to take what he was lying on. Get up, take up your mat, and go home. Get up, take up your mat, and go home. Some of you need to get off the mat. Maybe you're not paralyzed today with your legs, but you're paralyzed in your strength. You're paralyzed in your emotions. You're paralyzed in your finances. You're paralyzed in your relationship. It's time for you to get up off the mat and go home because Jesus is speaking into your life today. says and everyone was amazed and gave praise to God they were filled with awe I, as I've been studying this passage of scripture this week I was like God why, why, why don't we see more of this I'm not talking about necessarily where the paralyzed dude gets up and begins to walk I'm not I'm not what I am talking about is people coming together, loving on one another. And as a result of that, a person's life is forever changed. Jesus dropped this in my spirit. He said the reason why you're not seeing that is because there are fewer carriers today than ever before. 
got to push through. You got to push through the inconvenience. You got to push through. You've got to experience his love. You got to push through. You got to pick up your mat and you've got to go home. You've got to stop letting your thoughts keep you away from what God wants to do in your life because God is good and He wants to be better in your life than ever before.